Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Yeah, I mean, listen, listening to Parker Brown talk about jerking off and like waking up to that, uh, exhilarating. I love it. So, Drive Times, shout out. Uh, when was the last time I did a song? It's been a while. A year? It's, yeah, it's no, been a, it's been no, a long it's been a, time. It hasn't been a year, but it's probably been a couple months. Yeah, I, I make a song in my head every other minute, but then I actually record one. <laughs> Well, good. We need we need a new one. We do need uh, a new this one. Is, this is probably because it's uh, not only the um, celebration of the Titanic, but also celebration of our country, July 4th. Oh. Very exciting. And welcome to a brand new spanking, fresh out the oven, ready to blow off your fingers in an array of fireworks glee quality time episode i'm your host eric woodworth joined uh first we'll go uh first with uh the beauteous wonder with the hair so golden it breaks your eyeballs the one and only ashley pontius ashley how are you hi daddy <laughs> lady secret it's 6.99 from walmart if you want a box of hair dye oh yeah i want to look like uh feminem hell yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. No, I love I love when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I don't look too bad yet today. And then you see that spot where your your hair is starting to get the real yeah, you. Yeah, the roots are starting to come through. The your real super me is saying starting you to is show starting up. to wear off. <laughs> the, the real me starts to show up. Wait, I'm you're like, not really I'm gonna kill you. She's, she's just <laughs> battling with the gun in her hand. She's like, no, you could just get more hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually a I'm naturally a brunette. Um, but I started going blonde like a decade ago because I used to get paid better. Uh, I was Why, blonde. She's smart, she's not blonde. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, you're the you're crazy. And that's the other voice you hear. <laughs> That other voice you hear is my blood, my brother, uh, the man, uh, the man who did so much coke he had a stroke. Jeremy Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I know not what you're talking about. Oh my God! Who is on the program? This? Uh, oh, can I guess? Is it? Uh, is this Obi Wan Kenobi who's on with us today? I have come back for your show. Great Alec Guinness. Alan Guinness. Yes. <laughs> Uh, also, the maker of 
Guinness beer? He does. Also, I don't think he ever had a Guinness beer. He looks like a man who just had only had scotch was the only liquid that entered his body mm-hmm. for about 40 years, though. I went from age 27 to the age 70. <laughs> <in Tatooine>. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard years in Tatooine years. Well, that's awesome. Wow. Alec Guinness on the show. Back from the dead. I, I, I have um, mastered the force and I can go through walls, much like Patrick Swayze. 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 In, <laughs> in, <laughs> in the movie Ghost. Okay. But I can, right. can't help anybody with a lightsaber or really control the force, but I can go through walls. And I'm blue. Also, I could have just told my Padawan that his dad was actually Darth Vader, but I figured it would be a bigger surprise if he just cut his hand off and then found out. Uh, just go and face Vader and try to kill him anyway. <laughs> oh, today's episode is called A No Hope. Um. <laughs> so we're here. Once again, I'm excited. Uh, I did want to share with you guys a brief story, if, if you would indulge yeah. me. Um, now I'm going to leave this gentleman's name out of it. I mean, he might be a listener truly. And I'll, I'll say that I actually, Lawrence, Chris Lawrence, I, I really enjoy this person. Okay. I'll be clear. So, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't work for my company, but he works on, uh, one of the projects I work on in my day job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, we kind of look out for each other, truly. Like, we, uh, I'll give him a heads up. He'll give me a heads up. We're the same level. You know, we're not important people. So, but we kind of, you know, we're running the project, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he has a new boss that is overseeing his project on his mm-hmm. side. And uh, he... <laughs> he, he uh, he's found out that I'm a comedian, number one. And so he's gotten more emboldened over the last, I'd say, four or five months of like kind of peppering in like, man, with all of this woke stuff that's going on today, I can't stand it. And like, like, yeah, man, he's like, I mean, I just think comedians should be able to say whatever they want. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Right. Okay, cool. But I really don't get into it. I try to keep it at a professional level. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were talking and uh, something's not right with the project. And his new boss, um, he's trying to give me a heads up. And he goes, Eric, I have to tell you, my new boss has reached out to someone very high up in your company. There might be some blowback that's coming. I was like, oh, I mean, all right, cool. I, I know you told me this like a little bit ago. So I kind of already let my soups know and managers. So, I mean, I know exactly what's going on with the project. They know exactly what's going on with the project. It, I mean, so he can freak out. That's cool, right? He was just like, and he kind of leans into the phone. He goes, well, I don't know what's up with this new guy who's the boss, but he's gay and black. <laughs> and I <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, oh, all right, cool, man. You know, because like, do you know when somebody says something kind of racist and they'll ask you, like, they're like, can you co-sign that he is gay and black? And I was like, ah, oh, I mean, that's cool, right? And uh, he he goes, and then you can hear him start backtracking. He goes, uh, but I'm I'm not I'm not racist. In fact, I have a black wife. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, he was like, both of my kids are half black, and I. <laughs> All right, cool, man. I mean, that's awesome, right? So so then you start to realize, you start doing the math, and you're going, so I guess the problem with this sentence is the gay part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was just like, listen, 
Of course you can't listen. Of course you can't be racist if you have half black children. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, what a great guy. And so I am. <laughs> I'm hearing him try to backtrack. And honestly, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Like I'm like, I mean, hey man, that's that's great. I'm just kind of like oozing it along. <laughs> the rest of the day, I'm getting pictures from him of his family. <laughs> So now I have what? I have an entire I have on my work phone now, which is dead. But there are pictures of his family, and he sent like these two very dark skinned women, and he goes, "The one, the one on the right is my wife, the dark one." And I was just <gasps> like, <laughs> like, "She's a fucking coffee." Yeah. And so I can't stop. Not not the breakfast blend. The dark roast yeah, is the mine. Yeah, the dark roast is mine. Oh, not, not Jada Dark. So I, I, now I, I will say this guy is a very sweet man uh, for the most part. And uh, I just thought this was very funny. The rest of the day, he couldn't, he can't stop telling me how not racist he is constantly. So I'm very excited. So a uh, shout out to my coworker uh, who, who I'll just say right here on the Quality Time Podcast. Definitely not racist. Definitely not. Actually, pretty cool dude. Um, I don't know how I would feel if I was said wife. And if I were to find out my husband was rating my ethnicity like it was a grade of chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Being like, she's 70% cacao? No, she's like 85%. Put it like this. And to put it in Jeremy's terms, she's shiny black. Um, <laughs> that haunted me for like a week. <laughs> Shout outs, Jeremy, uh, for I think it was last episode. It was uh, good stuff, Jer. Good I got stuff. a lot of feedback. I didn't share because I didn't want to. Oh, okay. Um, but I got a I got a lot of DMs from people being like, like "Yeah, that's, that happened. That's a thing." And they were like, "I spilled my coffee on my computer at work," and I was like, "Yeah, I could I could see how that that would happen." Sorry about that. We don't make money off of you, so nothing I can do. But you know, I blame it on uh, Dave Chappelle for the most racist there character you know. of all times, knowing the the racist character being Rick James for black on black hatred for calling Charlie Murphy that name. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think that was almost a whole thought you had there. Um, <laughs> it's a long walk. The sketch with Rick James. Come on. That, okay. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. Um So anyway, that was my that was my week at work. Ashley, what's been going on in the world of Miss Pontius? Well, this is very funny, Eric. I was not going to share this, but you sparked this. I think Hell I might yeah. have mentioned it privately off the podcast. Shockingly similar. I, about a week or so ago, was having lunch with all my coworkers. We were celebrating a birthday at my new job that I'm still very happy at. And we ordered in a very nice, expensive lunch. We're all sitting together. There's six of us just sitting around the conference table. And we're talking about our favorite holidays. And I was saying, hey, Halloween, I take off every year. It's a religious holiday for me. Leave me alone. And my older coworker, We'll call her Barbara. Barbara is like, I love Halloween too. I love dressing up. It's super fun. I'm like, yeah, it's my favorite part. She And if I understood correctly, she goes, yeah, one year, a couple of years ago, my son, and by the way, it's in front of everybody. My son and his wife was so funny. They went 
as Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. <laughs> and I'm kind of sitting there Please tell me there's sweaty. shoe polish involved in I'm, this I'm costume. I'm getting real sweaty. <laughs> and I'm thinking I want to ask a question I don't want to know the answer to. And my favorite coworker, we'll call him Steven. He goes, oh, so who just dressed up like him? And she goes, no. <laughs> and I can feel the diarrhea starting. And I lock eyes with Stephen and I'm like, I, I can't be here right now. I can't be hearing this. You can't expect me to not talk about this. What's it like working with the mom of Justin Trudeau? <laughs> Shout, shout outs, Prime Minister Eric, of Canada. You don't want this smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I literally don't want the smoke. If you could <laughs> handle your fucking forest fire, sir. <laughs> but yeah, just I. It's so funny you brought that up, Eric, because yeah, I've been sitting on that because it's like you want to talk about it, but I'm scared to. Um, so that that happened. I've had a great week though. I have had a show every night since thursday yeah you had a pretty big show too right I did do you so want to tell thursday, our listeners about it yeah i'd love to so thursday i was asked directly by dan madonia i always go to his name wrong um he is known from comedy central he was in which is sort of his story but um he was in uh once upon a time in hollywood and he's also apparently machine gun kelly's body double which is very funny um interesting so he he's so he pivoted has sex from with megan fox i got it <laughs> machine gun kelly actually can't have sex so he sends him in to do that <laughs> he's a stunt cock <laughs> um so I wouldn't fuck her. I mean, she's beautiful, but she's crazy. Yeah, Ugh, like, Megan mm. Fox, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> what a pig! <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say that. I just said she's crazy. I Once just you like fuck her. For, I just like her for her personality. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you fuck a crazy, it's hard to get rid of us. It's like having having a stroke. It's got residuals afterwards um okay so anyways so um he he had taped um a comedy central um half hour back when i was in high school and i watched it so i was like i've been a fan of him for a very like long time and he asked me directly if i would open for him on thursday and i did and it was awesome we had a great time we had a great show and he said yeah. he'd love to book me again hell yeah so look at you so that, that was great you're about to go on the road that's gonna be awesome i hope so um but then i i had other um other great shows um all over the place i got to headline don't tell comedy in dc last night which was great but can i fucking say yeah. A 9 p.m. start with like 10 fucking people Ugh. on the show. I got home at 2 a.m. last night. Isn't there nothing like, I, it, Ashley, I feel that more than anything because I, I mean, go from like, there's nothing like going to like uh, being in like a full packed house at like Magoobies or like a venue that has like a couple hundred people getting out there fucking annihilating. And then mm -hmm. you, you know what you walk away with? A nice little paycheck. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing too crazy, but you got some bucks in your pocket. You feel mm -hmm. good. You're like, I can do this fucking comedy thing. And then the next night you're at a coffee shop in Reston, Virginia with somebody who's on the show that uh, sat in the front row that performed before you and then didn't make eye contact the entire time and only stared at her phone for the entire time while the rest of the people were just mad that you were ruining their coffee time that 
happened less than 24 hours later and uh, <laughs> you know what you know what that feels like <laughs> well, no, well, so, no 100 percent. i have been there no i will say let me be very clear about trying to be um gracious and have gratitude i did not have a bad set knock on wood all week so i'm super grateful i've had great shows all week Hell i yeah. can't complain but yeah the have the shows themselves been like amazing every night this week no I am such a bitter bitch that like people have been trying to like socialize with me, get to know me and I get overstimulated and then the real me comes out and I'm like, I'm going to shoot your fucking dog. Stop talking to me. And they're like, okay, cool. So You know, when I don't want to talk anymore, what I do is I pull up pictures of, of Jeremy's skin flaps of his hands peeling and I just start showing them to people. I'm like, yeah, this is my brother. Uh, and they're like, oh my God, what was that? I was just like, is that, they were like, is this like footage of uh, people after the Hiroshima bomb went off? And I was like, no, that's just my brother. And he, what does he have? He's just like, oh, he just got a little, he just got a little infection and he, he peels like a husk. We need to move on to Jeremy, but can I just say, as a woman, unfortunately, sometimes that does not work. The meaner I become or the weirder I tried to be to scare people off, it's almost like usually men take it as a challenge and they're like, oh, I can match her level of weird until I have a fucking meltdown and threaten to shit in their car. (laughs) And then, hey, listen... If you want to hear more about Ashley shitting in people's cars, turn into the Sheets cast. Um, that's <laughs> Ashley's new car cast show. Sheets, uh, please sponsor me. Yeah, Freak in the Sheets. Um, the Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check that out. It's going to be a great show. Jeremy, you've been through uh, last week, which uh, you were really incapacitated. I know you joined us briefly. Uh, in and out of the hospital, you started new psoriasis medication, a thing that you've never done in your life that I am turbo excited for. Tell us what is going on in the world of Jeremy Woodworth and your overactive immune system. Uh, it was great because, um, I decided to, um, I talked about it last Sunday, right? Briefly, but people want to know more. Like you had a hand infection, you went in, got some cortisone shots. This was, um, your hands swole up to the size of a, a Michelin balloon, uh, real sausagey. And then it deflated and it looked like a, it looked like a sad birthday balloon, you know, as Ashley likes to say. My um, boobies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like a sad, I, I, like an Ashley Pontius titty is kind of what your hand looks like. And, <laughs> um, and now this week you've been, uh, on the mend, uh, you've been texting me a lot. Um, I know there's so give us a health update since then uh i didn't see show you any pictures of my uh skin flap on my feet that was about (laughs) five inches long you didn't show ashley and ashley if i could just describe it to you um there was about a dollar bills worth of flesh that fell off the bottom of his thing and he sent me this jeremy sent me a very innocuous thing he's like hey what are you doing i was just like um just I texted him back. I was like, "Hey, man, just waking up. What, what's going on?" The next thing was that picture. I was like, "You fuck it." All I wrote was two words: Jesus Christ. Um, Can I be honest? I think at this point, I'd rather get a dick pic. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, God. So Jeremy sent me that skin flap, and then he and then he sent me a picture of the skin flap removed from his foot, where it's just it's a, it's a whole like hands worth of skin, and then a picture of a gif of a guy just eating chips like this, like I'm like that. So Jer- Jeremy in, implying that he's eating his own skin uh, to gain sustenance. I just feel like uh, Jeff Goldblum in the in the Fly, making a little little museum of like this is when I was human, and now I'm Jeff Goldblum. Jeremy, it would rock if I got you like a pontoon boat, and I put you in that place in the world where they have like those fish that eat the dead skin off of you, and then like as you as you, after like a month, you just have these massive like orca sized fish that follow you around that you ride that they they just feed off of you. Uh, I would love. I that. just want to dip Jeremy in the. <laughs> in the dead sea like a tea bag and then just pull you out and it's a whole new you i was like oh my god jeremy you're so tiny <laughs> like the the newest uh marvel dc uh superhero called psoriasis man and he just rides giant orcas and they fly Hell yeah. oh my god and jeremy you're a straight white identifying man you're psoriasis cis <laughs> Sarai cisgendered. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Thank you. So, Jer- so, you've been getting your first uh, medication shots, which is exciting. How is that going? What are the side effects? And dare I say, um, I was talking with Tommy Simbazo. He said, "Does Jeremy now have the power, like an X Men, to like just make full husks of himself and leave them places as if they're decoys?" Uh, I, 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 I looked into it. Um, hopefully the, uh, cancer rate won't be as bad as, uh, Emerald. I don't know if, uh, Emerald is, uh, less, uh, uh, whatever. And, and you were, you were like, oh no, dad would have died anyway because, uh, you know, he died and, and it was brain cancer. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, I just saw your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the first leaf fell. Is, is fall happening already? <laughs> no, so Jerry, it's just like it's just like a normal uh, Chernobyl victim when you pick up a piece of uh, graphite from the thing. Hey. Didn't this come out of a core? Yeah, uh, I like to call it, Jeremy's. His name is now Slothing Woodworth. Um, it's, God, uh, <laughs> I feel like this is an episode of Creepshow. This is just. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but but the medication so far so good. No brain tumors as of yet. Um, It'll take months or years. Well, fuck so. yeah, man. Well, I'm glad. I hope I hope you stick with it. Uh, and I said, if you don't, I was just gonna start darting you every day when you left your house, like like Ace Ventura, like as you leave, and you're like, what the hell was that? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I, have, I have complete confidence and trust in uh, drug companies, and everything is great. There we go. There you go. Um, so, I I mean, here's our. Life and stories. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ashley. I just, I just wanted to say, Jeremy, whether it works or it doesn't work, or you stop it or you keep going, I just want you to know you're my favorite crustacean. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you're my mall husk. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's do this, um, Jeremy. This week, our movie. 
which you confident I need to I need to add this. You confidently picked this movie. You had such you had this in ready to go when I said, "Hey, it's your week." And you said, "This week we're watching Raise the Titanic, 1980, um Directed by Jerry Jameson, featuring the great Alec Guinness uh, of Obi-Wan Kenobi fame uh, and a lot of other actors uh, who I recognize and will go over shortly. Jeremy, real question. (laughs) Are you trolling our own podcast at this point? Are you... Like, are you... Are you actually going out of the way? You're like, oh, yeah? They, they made me watch this? Okay, we're going to watch this one then. And can you handle that? Why? Explain yourself why this movie, Jeremy. Why? Uh, I wanted to finally have a really good salvage movie. Where <laughs> salvage. It's <laughs> an uh, important ship in American history. And... Um, um, actually, like any, any other movie has like a salvage theme to movies. Um, Jeremy, can I can I say one thing in regards to what you just said? Um, you said that this is the most important ship in history. Um, but there's actually one ship that matters more: our friendship. Aww. <laughs> um, hey, hey, I, I, did I did I pick a really bad movie? Oh yeah, I picked a really bad. Movie. <laughs> I mean, it's this is a fucking god awful movie. Um, Raise the Titanic, which I uh, listen. I had to watch in four chunks. I did it. I did a half hour at a time of this thing. Uh, it is a two hour long movie uh, about exactly what you think it is. It's about raising the Titanic from the depths of the ocean uh, amongst the backdrop of the Cold War. Um, <laughs> can, can I just say this movie was so bad. I wish I had been on that submersible that exploded last week. God, yes. I mean, so this movie (laughs) kicks off um, where we get to find a man in Norway uh, with a Geiger counter who digs into the snow frantically finding an underground mine with the uh, leftover frozen body of a man named Jake Hobart. Who is Jake Hobart, might you ask? And who is this odd man searching for radioactive things in Norway? Jesus, I can't believe it. Let me get this straight. You're saying there's an American on the island of Svartlov and you can't locate it. And where the hell is Svartlov? It's a small island near the Arctic Circle. Every country who's ever done an exploration there claims it for its own. The Russians even put troops there from time to time. And now you're telling us you've lost this man on Svartlov and you may have lost him to some Russians. I'm telling you, we have a deviation. So, yes, whatever this guy found, the Russians wanted a piece of it. And the only... I will say, in the first 10 minutes, I was like, maybe this movie's promising because there's a gunshot. There's a gunfight. The man who finds this uh, is fleeing from two Russian guys and in what I can only describe as the dumbest name for a lead character in a movie, Dirk Pitt comes out of nowhere and shoots the Russians and is able to get some valuable information out of the dying man uh, moments before he 
Well, he's not even dying. He get, and then just he's like a, a fucking grizzled fucking Grizzly Adams guy. He's got a full beard. He just carries him on his back all the way back to safety. And you know what? He cares about this guy so much. They're like, hey, can we question him real quick? He's like, I said take him to a hospital. And so he gets him in the hospital because Dirk Pitt is a no-nonsense guy. But what? who is Dirk Pitt? What is he doing and how... Do people characterize him? Stretched out dead on a Russian island. Who's Dirk Pitt? All of a sudden, he's involved in the Sicilian project, and I've never heard of him. Used to be a Navy man. Put his time in, retired early, and since then, he and I have tackled quite a few things together. He works for you? Well, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Depends on the job. Looks like something that can't be done. Chances are he'll take a crack at it. Otherwise, thumb down. You mean he only works when he feels like it? Yeah, that's right. Pardon my expression, Admiral, but he sounds like a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, yes, Ashley. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out that the Sicilian Project is where all the poor Italians live in Baltimore. <laughs> so, um, can can anybody recognize the the great Jason Robards from uh, e- Evil Something Evil Wicked comes this way with the little kids movie? But more importantly, Jason Robards in the Metallica One video. He is the armless, legless wonder of the 20th century. <laughs> I, I definitely did not catch him, but, uh, you know, hey, shout outs to uh, Jason uh, Newstead. Um, so, <laughs> the original, this my second favorite bassist from Metallica. Oh, and also, Jason Robards played the original. Uh, uh, the the original uh, Howard Hughes, <laughs> where he was <laughs> Melvin and Howard, yes. were the fake uh, note of uh, getting the uh, the new um, uh, heir to the uh, Howard Hughes um, uh, legacy. Nothing so. makes I- me laugh harder than just a guy playing Howard Hughes. I'll tell you that well, right I was, was going to say Jeremy's <laughs> in his happy place because I love that this movie invokes actors. For you, Jeremy, that like stir up memories and me and Eric are just like, I don't know what this is, but we're so happy for you. I kept, so I know Jason Robards, I'm looking at him and, and he plays Admiral James uh, Sandecker in this movie. Uh, Sandecker, he's invested in this mineral that's lost because this could uh, basically be a deterrent against all nuclear warheads. Uh, and that's what they were mentioning as part of the, um, uh, God, what is it? That's something Sicilian defense, right? Oh, it's, called, it's called unobtainium unobtainium and i kept looking at jason robards and i was like i recognize him from somewhere and it's nothing that you've said and i have still is, to this he moment. is the bad guy from uh, logan's run yeah he's the bad guy from logan's run but i think i remember him as the guy from parenthood i think that's where i'm remembering him from anyway um so back to this fucking dog shit movie jason robards in uh, parenthood Yes. So uh, the uh, they want this Byzantium, uh, this secret thing that could power everything and maybe also make the world's biggest bomb. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course, the Ruskies are definitely excited uh, to be a part of it. Um, but luckily, um, uh, we get to hear a little bit about our frozen man uh, right after that. Name. Board and left it with a body. 
Here lies Sergeant Jake Hobart, United States Army. Frozen a storm, February 10th, 1912. Are you telling me the Army sent a guy up there 70 years ago to get a half a ton of Byzanium? I'm not telling you anything. I'm just repeating what Coughlin told me. Whoa. And uh, we also get to see uh, uh, the Ruskies who are like, we want the Byzanium too. And uh, the guy who's like the helper of like uh, the Russian uh, aide here is a... Uh, uh, Isla Baskin, who's uh, I remember him very fondly as the landlord from Spider Man uh, one, two, and three. Um, oh yeah, he's like you pay me the money today, but he's like a little. He's very young in this movie, which is kind of cool. He went on to be a great character actor and uh, is doing pretty good from this. So I'm glad somebody is doing well after this movie. <laughs> it's just um, that can I actually say there's only one thing we factually did get wrong though a minute ago. Um, the world's biggest bomb actually belongs to Tom Myers. Hey, got his ass. Uh, we we talk about the great um, works of uh, um, Jerry Jameson. Yeah, please. Airport seventy seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and nineteen seventy four is the Bat People. Oh, Bat People! I thought they were just in the Beastmaster. Is that like a spinoff of Cat People? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm still. I can't wait for the, the the great model model building in this movie. <laughs> so, uh, we meet our other main cast members. There's a uh, Dr. Gene Seagram, played by David Shelby. Uh, he is the man who uh, is fronting the Sicilian Defense Project. Uh, we've already met Dirk Pitt, and we've also get to meet Ann Archer, uh, playing Dana Archibald, who is a uh, uh, Dr. Jean's uh, love interest in this movie, but also who has a cryptic past. Uh, basically, Dirk Pitt also got to hit so um, two years ago, and she ain't fully over him yet. Dirk Pitt is what I call her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, shortly after this, we get this here. We need 200 ounces of a measly mineral we can't find, and when we do find it, where is it? It's at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. But at least we know where it is now. It's not just someplace, it's in one spot, waiting for us to come and get it. You're talking about 12,500 feet underwater, more than two miles down. We can't get divers down that deep. That's right, sir. We can't get divers down to the Titanic, which leaves us with only one choice. And what's that? We don't go to the mountain. The mountain comes to us. Uh, are you talking about raising the Titanic? There we go. The titular line within the first few uh, 15 minutes of this movie. Um, the I just wish they had looked right into the camera when they said, Raising the Titanic <laughs> like this. So uh, to get the Byzantium that this guy put on the Titanic 70 years ago, they're going to have to get down there. Submersibles. I like how they also talk about, well, no submersible could even go that deep. Like, do they have enough Logitech controllers to even try it? <laughs> um, so uh, 
a very exciting thing. They're going out to find the Titanic, and can they get the secret payload before the Russians do? Uh, that is what our movie is doing. But first... We have to meet the great Alec Guinness, uh, who was a survivor of the Titanic. And let me just tell you, the happiest PTSD person. Like, he talks about surviving the Titanic as if it was a wonderful picnic he had. He gives, like, <laughs> like when you hear him talk, he's just like, oh, yes, I remember the Titanic. It was such a glorious day. I even took the flag right here. Mm, sure would like it if it went back on the Titanic where it belongs. Um, but I, I would love to... Sorry. No, no, no. I would love to hear him survive the USS Annapolis. And he's like, you know what? Could have been worse. They did give us vouchers to come back. Uh. Yes. So uh, we do get to hear a little bit about Alec. Alec here, I pulled some Alec Guinness, uh, who's playing John Bigelow, um, the fucking most blue calorious name I've ever heard. Uh, grandfather of the great Bam Bam and Deuce. So uh, here we go. Here's a little bit of uh, Alec Giddis, uh talking about the Titanic and the cargo. Lifeboats in the water, only half People scrambling all over. It was pathetic. I was on my way up to the boat deck to give a hand when this crazy little fellow shoves a gun in my face. Wanted to go to cargo hold number nine. And if I wouldn't take him, he'd shoot me in my tracks. That's what he said. <laughs> well, uh, I was a young fellow then. Wanted to live as long as I could, so I took him. As it turned out, number nine was the only hold not already flooded. Once he got in there, spotted what he was looking for, he was happy. When I have nightmares about that lovely ship going down, I always see that crazy old man with a gun. <laughs> he went up to that vault of his, saw a, a huge thing, eight foot square, and patted it as if it was a dog, muttering to himself. Can you remember what it was he said? The same thing over and over. Thank God for Southby. Thank God for Southby. Oh, thank God for Southby. Hope that's actually not a person and maybe a place. That would be a crazy twist of events later to find out. Um, <laughs> oh, he was one of the greatest star pilots in the galaxy. And he was also a good friend. <laughs> so am I retarded? Did I mean USS Indianapolis? What about the USS Indianapolis? When I said that earlier, the one that was delivering a bomb. Yes, the USS Indianapolis. Well, it actually delivered parts of the atomic bomb that we dropped on Japan. Uh, It had the, I believe, the uranium and stuff. uh, Mm -hmm. And as soon as it dropped it off, then it got bombed. And that's uh, the famous Jaws quote of people getting chewed up and stuff like that. I named the wrong boat. Stupid woman, kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Oh, did you say the Annapolis versus the oh Annapolis? That's 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 a that's a uh, mistake I'd make. Yeah, the USS <laughs> the USS Annapolis is where all lacrosse players get married. Um, so the uh, <laughs> uh, he goes to the uh, pub with. If you, if you add um, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 searcher Indy, you add that to the Indianapolis. 
got there. It was a long walk, but I figured it out on my own. <laughs> so he goes he goes to the pub and I like that at the pub he has his own collection of Titanic memorabilia in the corner. He's like, "This right here, this is what the Titanic looked like." And in fact, right here, <laughs> this is the this is the pendant that I stole right off it before I left. Hmm. Should be nice if you end up raising it. Wouldn't you like to put this flag back on it? And so he gives Dirk Pitt the uh the fucking flag um so he can go put it back on the Titanic should they succeed. Can I just throw it out there? I say we do our own porn parody where the Titanic is the name of someone's penis. <laughs> well, none of us will star in it. Um, <laughs> so You guys can be the lifeboat. <laughs> be like women and children. Yeah, yeah, they see that. They're like, no, really, only one or two people can fit on this one. Um, <laughs> Like, oh no, it's getting real cold. <laughs> Stop when it hits the water, it only holds two. Um, <laughs> so, did, we get a, did we get a Jeffrey update? Uh, I didn't check. Um, so, if so, we'll save it for a future episode, Jeremy. All right, okay, cool. So, um the uh, the Navy is now on board, and they're out there looking for that goddamn Titanic. A lot of cool ships. I mean, this movie, If all right, listen, I will say, if there's anybody who would like this movie, if your autism is for seeing ships in the water, like, this is your fucking movie right here. If to just see a, a aircraft carrier and battle cruisers and stuff like that, if just seeing them for, like, not just real quick, I mean for, like, 15 to 20 minutes of the movie, just cruising around then this you're gonna fucking love this movie um, i like to think that every single minute of footage was in that fucking film because it it, it feels like five hours it, it makes like titanic seem like a, a one hour film so oh yeah um yeah, a lot of people compare this to the movie Titanic, um, except that uh, this movie is fucking garbage. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I was hoping Jeremy was going to write a song called My Shirt Will Go On. <laughs> <laughs> Every night in wet dreams. <laughs> I... You... I... It's just wet shit sounds. That is how I know I have new underpants to put on. (laughs) (laughs) My rear. (laughs) My rear fart just uh, smells like a shard. I need a wet wipe and my butt will be juicy. Um, So... Uh, there's a lot of cool ships, and also there's a Russian ship there, too. Whoa! But they're playing it cool. Uh, but they send their first sub down, and uh, unfortunately, shit goes bad. Control, the starfish just imploded. Request permission to surface. Yeah, Clink. Yeah. Come on up. Keep imploding, 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 imploding. All right, so 
Does any does anybody care that um the implosion was um Blaylock uh from uh Midnight Madness, other otherwise known as the beer guy from uh Poltergeist um getting killed in the implosion. Oh. Oh, R.I.P. that guy. I didn't pick up on that. Very, very sad that we uh, could call him Dead Durst. <laughs> like only, a, only an idiot that's unprepared would go down that deep. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Who would do that? Who would get into a sub that was unproven and untested to the depths of the ocean to see the Titanic? That's nuts. Whole week is just James Cameron. Like, hey. I'm not a dumbass. I don't make bullshit subs to go into the Titanic every other fucking week, motherfucker. I was going to say the last time I had a sub go down, it was when I saw Chuck in York. Shout out, Chuck. Love it. <laughs> uh, I will say if I were to rename this movie and James Cameron redid it, I'd call it Avatard. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh after about 15 and I'm not I mean I'm not playing around here. The Ruskies now uh are on a plan uh are uh, are on to the American plan and what they're up to uh and they're trying to get the stuff first. And I'm not lying to you. There's probably like 20 almost unwatchable move, minutes of this movie where it's just slow underwater move. Here's a sub. You know what the sub does? Look, it's got an arm and the arm goes out. And look, the arm can close, and then the arm comes back in, and it's just almost completely unwatchable. Um, they finally find the hull, though, uh, with the inscription Titanic on it. And by the time you get there, you couldn't care less. Um, meanwhile, Dana, who is the uh, girlfriend, works for the liberal media. She ends up fucking uh, giving up all the plans of like and putting out on the news that, oh, they're just trying to raise the Titanic. No big deal. And he's like, bitch, did you not know that that was my secret thing? She's like, I don't know. You didn't tell me nothing. We never talk anymore and this is something and how you know that a man wrote this script ashley because i this is something i've never heard a woman say quite quite literally ever because i was stupid i'm sorry i've never i'm sorry <laughs> this has never happened before what is this man writing um i have a hundred percent i have never out loud in front of another man been like i can't believe i let that one go what no. <laughs> fuck that and so uh she uh she she uh says she's sorry and that uh, she's sorry that she could ever have feelings for dirk pitt um <laughs> to her boyfriend uh dr gene now uh the Admiral James tells them uh, what the deal is. They're going to go fill the the Titanic with foam, which looks just like big old hardened cums. And they have a bunch of lifty subs that'll help to do it. And also, the most American thing about this movie, we're also just going to blow up the surroundings around it to lodge it loose. So uh, that's the plan that they're working on. But... Uh, Dr. Gene goes out in one of the submersibles and gets his ass stuck and the batteries also explode and now they're stuck by the Titanic could implode at any moment and their timeline of two weeks to raise the Titanic has now been shortened to the next six hours which honestly at this point there's about 45 minutes left in the movie it has felt like you've watched it for eight hours um, so 
You'd think high speed would move this uh, movie along. Nope. You get lots more underwater action of people slowly planting bombs. They're like, ooh, look, here's them loading the bomb. And you want to see how they do it? Here's a big robotic arm, and it's going to just gently put it in the fucking dust right here. Hope Uh, that doesn't go off soon. Sometimes suspense works in a movie. Otherwise, you need to have, like, a a giant... um, thing on the screen that says now's your time to go get some more popcorn <laughs> you don't need an actual intermission so that would have actually helped i would have i would do like i think we should start doing that we make intermission warnings for terrible movies we go hey not having fun go smoke your vape outside <laughs> there we go not gonna miss a damn thing so uh they uh, eventually are able uh, to, after about 20 minutes of this operation of just, this movie really relies on you, like in 1980, to like, hey, this is really what the fucking underwater looks like. Like, that is the, that's the pull of this movie is like, do you see that? Yeah, that's what a submarine looks like underwater. Are you fucking blown away right now? Are you fucking, are you fucking, and at, I know what you're thinking, you know, hey, when they get down there, there's probably going to be like an alien or a monster. Definitely not. There's none of that. You want to know what else? You were like, oh, well, what if when they were doing it, what if like the Russians attacked them underwater, which would be a pretty cool storyline. That definitely doesn't happen in the movie at all. Oh, at I, remember, all. <laughs> I remember actually watching this and I was like, oh, man, this is so painful. So I had to watch Ghosts of the Abyss <laughs> with James Cameron and Bill Paxton. And I'm like, oh, man. So much of this movie has Bill Paxton, like, you know, piloting a little robot. And he's like, oh, man, working working this robot and everything in the movies in 3D. I'm like, I can watch a Bill Paxton movie, even though it's, like, boring and, and going through the Titanic. And like, hey, yeah, that's like a that's a heap of the Titanic, you know. So that's it. It certainly was. Uh, but after all of this and. And a big debate on how you should explode the bombs to properly get it off, which is quickly shot. I like he's like, why don't we just do it all at once? Then it'll jar it loose. And the guy, Dirk goes, he's like, we thought about that and you're a fucking idiot. We're not doing it. And then they do this depth charge where they're able to shake it loose. And sure as shit, the Titanic raises from under the water. Brilliant and new. Definitely doesn't look like a model at any point. Do I think it looks like a model that is coming out of a very very small bathtub um and it doesn't it definitely listen to what i'm saying it doesn't look like that it looks real and it definitely like the water foam seems very realistic and not just like small bubbles they're like that looks like ocean foam that's ro- washing over this not not a model of the titanic coming back up and they go in and uh, he just walks around the Titanic. You get to just walk around the Titanic. You know what happens? Not a fucking thing. He just walks around and like, huh, the Titanic. This is it. I wasn't lying about falling asleep during this movie. <laughs> I um, I did fall asleep and then I was like, oh no, do I need to rewind it? And then I was like, I don't need to. But the best part is you can go and see that beautiful staircase that's still pristine condition that's still around after 70 years like hey look, look that cherub's still there there's still a picture of it we know where it is oh that's right it's it's gone and it's not really real. come on if let's be honest we all know we watch that movies to see some titties hell yeah <laughs> 
I saw Titanic. Fuck in that car. I saw uh, Titanic in the movie theaters, and like I think it came out ninety seven or ninety eight, somewhere around there, and uh, that would have put me at like a early teenager, so I'm like probably thirteen, fourteen years old, and uh, my mom wanted to see it, and I hadn't seen it, so I went with my mom to the movie theaters, but I was <sighs> I was too cool. Uh, and so I sat a seat away from her and not next to her at the movie theater. <laughs> I mean, maybe and, that's better. And so, um, yeah, that was fun. So anyway, uh, the finally, though, you're like, you know what? This is the big climax of the movie. It wasn't just raising the Titanic. The Ruskies are still here. We're going to have a fucking war real quick. And the Russians get on and they start throwing around some fucking threats. Word for piracy? No. It's not a question of piracy. It is the international law of marine salvage. The hell it is. We know about the Byzantium. Stolen from a mine on Russian territory. You must trust me, gentlemen, when I tell you that we are determined to take back what is morally and legally ours. Oh, like an entire country of Ukraine, and <laughs> which actually, you're lo- which you think, all right, cool. The Russians are not fucking playing around. You know what they do? The guy walks outside. And he goes, "Hey, why don't you take a look at that? You know what the big reveal is? We also have a submarine." And they're like, "I guess the Byzantium's yours." They don't even try to like. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to put up any fight. They're like. We did not know you had sub here as well. Also, oh my God, are those the Blue Angels? That's like the Globetrotters of your of your Air Force. We cannot hang with them. So, like, I'm pretty sure that's like the Blue Angels, which is literally just the stunt pilots. They're like, we're gonna, ba- we're not only gonna blow you up, we're also gonna fucking dunk on your bitch ass and do the silly ball trick with you uh, to your people, so you'll look real dumb. And so the Russians back down. You know what that happens? And they just drag the boat all the way back into New York, and you get to see it finally reach modern-day 1980s New York City, finally completing its voyage. But what are the Byzantium? Well, they get in there, and they find the vault, and they find the guy who was actually in the vault, preserved pretty well, airtight. You know what's in all those boxes? Not a goddamn thing. It's just all rocks. There's not yeah. any Byzantium in there. And which seems to be a relief. The other part is that they realize it really is full of demons and they kill everybody. Yes. (laughs) But Dr. Jean seems to be pretty happy about this because Admiral Sandecker is like, we were going to use it to make the biggest bomb. And he was like, wait a minute. I never would have signed on if the military was going to make a weapon out of this. Who would have thought? I can't believe you would mislead me. And so... Uh, Dirk, though, uh, is able to transcribe from the journal that's left behind in there that Southby, it isn't a man. It's a place 20 minutes from the port of leave in England. They track it back and they find a grave that's just has so much radiation. You could cook a fucking egg over it. That (laughs) seems a little weird. And uh, he gives Dr. Gene a chance. So do we dig it up? You know what they do? They just leave it fucking buried, which brings us to the fucking end of Raise the Titanic, a movie that couldn't have more of a nothing sandwich of events that happen, 
people died for no reason for a thing that nobody got and they just left it buried in some weird fucking Scottish uh, piece of shithole. Jeremy, fuck you. Describe why we did this. Can I can I finish off with the song for Raise the Titanic? Oh, yeah. We do have a Raise the Titanic song, Jeremy, which is very exciting. Should we close out with that, though, or does there need to be comment afterwards? I would I will listen to it in its entirety. It's kind of long. If you want to just cut it down to two minutes, it's like three minutes long. All right. Well, so the reason we watched all this was so that Jeremy could have the inspirado to bring us a new tune. Get ready for the one, the man who wrote such hits as 13 Ghosts and Docking With My Son is back once again with a song that will surely change your life, your outlook, may fix your marriage, may make you pick up that phone and say, hey, I'm going to rekindle that relationship I had with my son, even though I violently molested him for years and years. I'm ready to open that door back up and I know I'm in jail but it should be fine you know when they when they picked me up at little St. James Island I knew that I'd get to hear a new Jeremy Woodworth hit Raise the Titanic Jeremy, 
<laughs> I gotta say, you're back, brother. You're fucking yeah. back. It was worth it, almost. Um, that it, that was good, Jeremy. Congrats, man. It's uh, cured now. It's you are <laughs> you are more American than Bruce Springsteen. Uh, if you do want to check out this uh, heaping pile, uh, I'm actually sorry, sorry, <laughs> Ashley. Your final thoughts on raising the Titanic? Oh, um, could have gone my whole life without seeing it. All right, um, I can. I'm gonna have to second that though. Uh, now that I've seen it, I'd like to uh, tell you um, that it is available on Tubi. Um, if you have the f- first of all, weed is legal. And if you want to sit through this, I'm going to ask you to do the most of it that you can before you even think about hitting play on it. Uh, it's a real tough watch. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad that we got to consume it and uh, have Jeremy pick a movie that he remembered being good when he was seven years old. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at you can find me at ashleypontiuslaughs.com. You can also find me on Instagram, my horror page, slashinggashdmb. You can catch me, t- well, not tonight, because this will come out tomorrow. Um, you can catch me at McGinty's Pub in Silver Spring on Thursday, July 6th. And then you can catch me at Hysteria Brewing Company, July 8th. Hell yeah, check all that shit out. Um, All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. But if I could implore all of our listeners, if you are in the Baltimore area, I'm getting my first chance to headlining the Goobies show with the great Bussy, me and Tommy Simbazo. So get your tickets for that. It's going to be awesome. We got big plans. Jeremy, take us out of here. I'm trying to get into the (laughs) submersible near the Titanic. Yeah!